Hamilton-based Aware Group is an umbrella partner and one that is doing pretty clever things with artificial intelligence. The company offers a wide range of services and everything from data analytics to Internet of Things platform management. Lately, however, it's won plaudits for its AI platform called Populous. It's been working with education facilities managers, even retailers, to map trends in people's movements to find out more about how spaces are used and how shoppers move about stores. It's pretty sophisticated technology that's based on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. We caught up with Travis Corey, Aware Group's head of commercial, to find out more about what the company is doing with Populous. So Travis, you're from Aware Group. You've got this software platform called Populous. Tell us about that. What's the origin story? Where did it come from? And what was the impetus behind it? Populous was really sort of an iterative project that we've been working on for quite some time. Um, at Aware Group, which we've been around for about four years, just over four years now. Um, it's kind of where we, we started and where our roots founded was in sort of the people counting aspect of artificial intelligence. Um, so there's a few use cases, a few businesses that approached us specifically in the education sector um, where they wanted to solve some problems that come down to um, organization, or sorry, uh, optimizing the usage of a um, facilities, so facilities management, um, and really it was quite a simple use case. It was how can we replace all the manual reporting that needs to get done um, with a clever piece of technology, something that exists today potentially, and that's sort of where we where we started with our people counting technology, and it grew over time into what it is today, which is the recent launch of Populous, like you said. So Populous in it in itself is targeted specifically towards people counting still. Um, but we wanted to grow it in a, in a fashion that encompassed more use cases depending on the business's scenario or the customer's scenario. Um, so conversations that we've been having recently um, have been around retail, have been around facilities management still, um, and then also sort of, you know, the, the private business sector as well. So the facilities management within an organization's building. Um, so things that we've built on just the specific counting of people in a given space are also sort of the report reports and the analytics back on, you know, the space between people, which is a hot topic at the moment. So physical distancing, uh, dwell time in a certain area. How long is a person uh, or, or your customers looking at a specific product shelf within the store? Um, queue counting potentially. So in a, in a queue retail scenario, is there excuse me, 10 people in this queue uh, for a certain amount of time and can we provide more checkout operators um, and gain those real-time real insights potentially into our staffing levels, for example. So that's where it kind of uh, is at at the moment. Um, we're seeing a lot of new innovation that has come about in regards to the recent global pandemic and COVID-19. Um, you know, where a lot of, a lot of innovative things have potentially been put on hold due to the uh, uh, pandemic. We've also seen that um, it's providing a lot of new solutions and new thinking around how businesses can, can keep things moving forward. And typically, what sort of size organizations are you dealing with here and how scalable is Populous? Could it, for instance, you know, the Caketon here in Wellington, when people go to a rugby game, is it something at, at that scale, if you have enough cameras in, in the stadium, can you see who's going to the bar when, where they're congregating outside the toilets? Is it that sort of scale where you can sort of 
monitor the movements of thousands or tens of thousands of people? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely scalable. And actually, that's a really good point you raised is we've specifically created the product to be able to work on existing hardware and existing CCTV cameras. Um, a lot of solutions out there, while they're great solutions, they require the customer to install new hardware. Um, where we wanted to help the customer capitalize on their value is already using um, the security feeds that they're getting um, and just creating more value on top of those, those existing pieces of hardware. Um, so we can basically plug the solution on top of the existing security feeds as long as we're able to get those feeds from the customer. Um, and we can provide the solution from anywhere from one camera feed at a single site uh, all the way up to an exponential amount. It can scale to any, any amount that's necessary. Um, and the solution with our partnership with Microsoft is optimized to be run on the Azure platform in the cloud. Could also be run on the edge as well, which is really great. It provides a lot of flexibility in that sense. Um, and so using the power of the cloud and with, with Azure cloud, you can pretty much, the, the sky's the limit in terms of uh, the amount of processing that can be done. That's brilliant, yes. Yeah. So most retail outlets as a policy have cameras anyway good coverage of their shop, mainly for th theft mitigation, that, those sorts of purposes, and security, obviously. So you can take all of those feeds, you can run it through your cloud-based system so that there doesn't need to be any on-premises. They can do that if they want, but they don't have to have any on-premises uh, equipment there. And then the really smart part that you do is, is all the real-time reporting, the vis visualization, so that store managers... People who run a chain of retail outlets, for instance, can look across their entire footprint of stores as to what people are doing and where and when. Something that we're also working on as well is, is I guess you could call it a phase two of Populous, and it'll probably be a different product um, in time, will be around different what we call modules. So Populous is really around uh, people and the extraction of data and analysis of the movement of people around uh, a given area. Um, but we're also looking at different modules that we can add on top of the, uh, the solution that would be deployed at the customer site. So things like audio classification, for example, um, something that's often overlooked actually when it comes to AI is, is actual detection of audio. We often think about computer vision and that gets most of the spotlight, um, but audio is a big part of it. Um, a recent case study that we did there, a good example is at the Port of Otago. Um, so last year, um, they came to us with a problem where, due to their resource consent requirements and their, their location in, in relation to the city, um, they, were, they were mandated to report back on any uh, noise level breaches at the port. And this was all done manually. Um, so somebody had to, to listen for the sounds and then determine, was that over a certain decibel? and then classify that noise. Um, was it a container being dropped or was it the train going by and that's actually not in their jurisdiction? So what we did is we actually planted microphones all around the port, um, had a solution that captured the noise and then measured the amount, uh, the, the level of the noise, did it breach the protocol, uh, and then it actually classifies the noise as well. So it's all automating that reporting that they would manually have had to write down. Um, so that kind of removes the bias component as well, because if you might have employee A saying that noise is a container, but the next night the same noise might happen and employee B doesn't think it is, there's a little bit of mismatch bias there as well. So the system was able to create uh, a very highly accurate solution, uh, remove the bias, and then also 
it ended up, I mean, people might say that, well, that's replacing the human, human job. Um, those people that used to do that job, I must say, are actually a lot better off <laughs> doing other things and employee morale was boosted as a result of it because that's quite a mundane task, which is what we typically with AI try to replace is the mundane tasks. Yeah, I can imagine in a similar vein to Port of Otago, be real useful applications in in the public sphere for councils, uh, authorities that want to see where crowds are congregating in public spaces and all that sort of thing. There's already CCTV around a lot of our cities as well. Is that an area of opportunity for AWARE? Yeah, so for a public space, you're talking like a park or a city centre or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, usage of a space is of great interest, not just to cities, like you say, but, um, you know, uh, maybe a university campus or something like that. Is somebody actually going to be using this space once we create the space? Um, and it also provides good feedback into how it's used. Um, so is this walking track or is this bicycle path being used? At what hours of the day is it being used as well? Um, there's insights you can derive from, from a solution in there in regards to public safety also. Um, is there a mass gathering of uh, a specific demographic of people, for example, so you can do some demographic or sentiment analysis. So um, per- perhaps you can detect uh, a group of teenagers after 10 p.m. in a park, um, and that could potentially raise a flag to whoever's looking at that footage, um, and potentially you, know, you could deploy some resources, security, whatever, down there if you think something might be happening. This is, a, this is topical, I suppose. There's been a lot of crowd gatherings around the world recently. There's, there's a lot of talk, particularly in the U.S., around facial recognition. We've seen IBM say they're not going to continue developing their facial recognition. I guess the beauty of what you guys are doing, it's not dependent on face, facial recognition. You already have the CCTV footage, which, which your customers may be storing. All you're doing is detecting what's in those images. You might be detecting sentiment from people's facial expressions or behavior but you're not you're not actually using facial recognition as a core tenant of your technology that's correct and that's not to say that we can't but like you say i mean and if you ask me and probably a bunch of other people as well they might share the same answer is that i don't think people are quite ready for facial recognition yet um if you've got an iphone you're probably unlocking it with your facial recognition and and that's kind of accepted widely but in terms of walking into uh, a store your favorite clothing store for example and them having uh, cameras that recognize you as a returning customer that's a little bit different and people aren't quite there yet some early adopters are are. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool from a customer experience perspective but not too sure about you know People are a little bit lenient or a little bit hesitant to where that data is being stored and how it's being manipulated. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the great part about our software is we can use that, but we typically don't. Um, And where we do extract sentiment, say, like the example you gave, we're extracting um, somebody's facial expression. Uh, We're able to provide uh, provide that analysis in the cloud um, but as soon as that is done, um, the, the, the image that's captured is then either blurred out or deleted. Um, and there are ways of keeping that data on site as well. If you don't want that, for example, to leave the site, if it's a, say, a university or something, you can do all the compute on the edge. You can do the compute on site, on premise, um, and none of it would leave 
that can be then deleted after the analysis has been done. You've got the output, uh, but the input's now gone. Um, so those images are, are deleted, which is, I think, a little bit of peace of mind for people. The other big sort of development going on, I think, is better network connectivity. 5G networks are rolling out here in New Zealand. There's a lot of talk about edge computing, more intelligence at the edge. Um, we could, as cities become smarter, for instance, have a lot more cameras working over 5G networks to get real-time feeds of high-quality video back to a central source. It might be a council. It could be the police force or a government agency, transport agency that's collecting this sort of stuff. So do you see a lot of opportunity there to get more and different types of sources of video you can use to run your populist software over to bring insights about all different sorts of things? Yeah, I think so. Um, 5G presents a really good opportunity. Um, typically, there's a, a little bit of a, a point that's raised, which is a valid point around, well, especially in New Zealand, because we've just done our, our you know, countrywide wide rollout of the fiber network. Um, connected cameras, you know, devices connected to a fixed network typically will always be better because it's a fixed, it's a fixed line um, as opposed to a cellular line like 5G is. Um, and that's great. And that's got the bandwidth capabilities that can run any sort of device. Um, you can scale that up depending on the speed that you need through the fiber connection. Um, where 5G does come into play and provides a significant advantage is sort of around the points we talked about earlier, which is scalability um, and ease of deployment. So if you have a camera, for example, that can be connected to a city's uh, 5G network uh, and they want to run, say, a proof of concept on traffic counting uh, around different areas in, in the city on the streets, you could uh, theoretically just use one camera and deploy it at different locations throughout the proof of concept um, and not need to worry about actually hooking it up to a, a telco source or a connection source. You just need potentially a power source or it could be battery operated. So being able to deploy easily and being able to scale up and down rapidly, uh, definitely one of the major benefits for 5G. And then having that low latency and the high bandwidth that comes with a 5G connection um, just couples that uh, further. Could you, for instance, do you think we've got a big problem with pests in this country with the predator-free 2050 strategy coming up? You know, you could have these cameras in wildlife areas looking for possums and stoats, uh, detecting them, detecting where, where they congregate, what trees they crawl up, what burrows they're trying to go into. I mean, it's the same principle, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and Microsoft does have some some sort of ready-made solutions called cognitive services, which is, you know, animal detection, people, uh, object detection, um, that could be built on that. Um, there are obviously some... Uh, a variety, a whole host of solutions out there when it comes to wildlife detection. Um, you know, just thinking even into um, trail cameras that detect cameras on, on move, uh, sorry, detect wildlife on movement, so for hunters and things like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely no reason why this, this sort of a solution or software could be deployed in a similar fashion. Um, say the Department of Conservation wants to monitor uh, a hiking track. That'd be a great use case to actually, you know, putting wildlife aside, measure the uh, the usage of that hiking track without having to have a, a warden or a ranger <laughs> physically doing that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it raises a whole lot of potential solutions, questions, and, um, um, yeah, uh, ideas as well. 
Yeah, and look, uh, where we're at at the moment, obviously we're in level one lockdown, but more cases are, are emerging in this country of COVID-19. We may find ourselves back in a situation where retailers are told to have physical distancing in supermarkets, that sort of thing. So are you able to quite quickly, on the fly, essentially introduce new things for your algorithms to look for? For instance, are people 1.5 or 2 metres apart? That might become a priority again. Can your system respond quickly to look for those things? Yeah, it can. And actually, um, the way it was built, um, that's quite easy to do already today. Um, so we were quite lucky in the fact that while we're counting people, it's quite easy to add in a calculation to determine how far apart those two counts of people are or, or group of people. Um, where it kind of comes becomes a little bit more difficult is, is how to act on that data. So is the, is, the, is the store, for example, wanting to know in real time and then have an alert and then be able to have somebody deploy to intervene? Or is it something that they just need to report back to the Ministry of Health, for example, that we had X amount of breaches because we're this type of business and um, this is what we're doing to, to counteract that in the future. So that's probably, um, example B there is probably more, uh, more commonly um, would be an outcome. Um, having a, having a real-time sort of alert system, definitely possible. Um, but I, I don't really think that that would be a, an adoption of the solution for most businesses, it, in New Zealand at least. Um, yeah. So you're based in Hamilton. You're sort of working on some pretty cutting-edge stuff there. How are you finding getting the talent to, to drive this stuff forward? What size is your team and, and what's your approach to finding and retaining talent? That's a great question. Um, so you said we are based in Hamilton. This is our headquarters. It's where the bulk of our technical staff and solution delivery staff are, as well as administrative. We do have two other offices, though, as well. One in Seattle, based at the Microsoft campus in Redmond. Um, and that allows us a really good link into the corporate side of things at Microsoft. Um, and really allows us to be on the forefront of emerging technologies that come through there as well. Um, and then earlier this year, uh, in February, we actually opened up a Singapore office. Um, again, uh, a good link into APEC and also into Microsoft's corporate headquarters there. So we had a couple of our Kiwi staff deployed there, but unfortunately they had to come back due to uh, the COVID situation. Um, they're still working in Singapore time remotely from here. Um, bless them. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of retaining talent, we've had a really fortunate run in our four-year history. We've only only lost a couple of people, um, you know, due to a career change um, in, uh, in our staff headcount. Um, we're about 25 or so full-time employees now. Um, and over the years, we've grown pretty much by double each year in terms of employee headcount. Um, Hamilton seems to be a really good sort of hot sector at the moment in New Zealand for, for emerging technologies and the technology sector as a whole. Uh, and innovative companies are seeming to pop, in, pop up everywhere. Um, University of Waikato and uh, WinTech, um, they, they have some great candidate pools. We do do an internship program um, with the University of Waikato, which we've had a couple of people come out of, uh, and that's proven really beneficial. Um, but we've also had some people join us from other parts of the country as well. And, Seems like they're okay to move to Hamilton. It's not such a bad place. 
And you obviously have global ambitions for your software. You want to be in several different markets. A lot of competition in this space. A lot of traditional security software vendors say they can play in this. What gives you guys the edge with Populous, do you think? I don't know if we've actually identified the edge that we have amongst um, all our competition yet. Um, I would say, though, that Populous is one of our sort of core products, like a software as a service product. But our business model as a group is more along the lines of consultancy services. So we do a lot of things uh, that are along the lines of artificial intelligence solutions, IoT devices, uh, machine learning, so like predictive maintenance or forecasting. Um, we actually develop um, chatbots and um, visual, uh, or sorry, virtual assistants for our clients. Um, and we also do a lot in the sort of cloud architecture space. So helping our customers on the journey from <clears throat> an on-premise ecosystem to the Azure cloud. Um, so I would say that sort of, you know, Populous, while it's one of our sort of flagship products at the moment, um, it's a subset of what we do and we, we have a lot of focus on other areas of our business as well. Um, I think that, as we spoke about earlier, the ability to deploy the solution across existing hardware is a real uh, talking point for us and a real value add for our potential customers. Um, and I don't see that in all solutions that are on market at the moment. That was Travis Corey from Aware Group, an umbrella partner. You can find out more about Aware Group and the Populous platform by visiting awaregroup.com.